Good evening, folks, and welcome back to yet another episode of South of the Cheddar Curtain. As always, it's your boy Devin Hine. Sitting across the table from me is Mr. Luke Mueller. If you want to say hi to the folks, Luke. Hello, folks. And we are back after a uh, not the prettiest win of the season for the Packers. No, no, definitely not the kind of forty to nothing blowout I was hoping for, but I'll take it. 17-0 victory over, I'll, I'll say the rival, Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, definitely rival. I despise the Sea Chickens. That is something that Luke and I definitely have in common. Uh, this game, although I felt like we had it in hand, there was always there's always going to be those shades of the 2014 title game, right? Where you yeah. feel like we have it, and you're just waiting for Russell Wilson to scramble out of the pocket, find somebody open downfield. And slowly but surely, rip our hearts from our chest. Yeah, just have some wild shenanigans and, and maybe be aided by the refs, fail Mary, or anything like that, right? Good reference, good thank reference. You, thank you, thank um, you. But really, part of that anxiety for me came from the fact that we didn't really pull away till the very end. I mean, this was a one-score game for a very long time. It was 3 nothing at halftime, which is, I think, I think Tony Romo said it was the lowest-scoring game in the NFL season at yeah. halftime at that point. Yep. Yeah. It being three nothing, that's it was definitely a a quiet start to the game. Mm-hmm. Not a whole heck of a lot happened in that first half. I mean, things occurred, but really not much substance there. So as always, we'll go deeper into yeah. our our game analysis, just giving you a little sneak peek there. Speaking of quiet, it's nice that for the first time in a while, we don't have to talk about any Aaron Rodgers off the field drama. That is definitely a plus. He just came in and played football. Yeah. What a concept. However, we do have some other news that you want to share with the folks, my good sir? Sure, sure, absolutely. So, I am a shareholder currently. Um, I got it when I was very young. The 1999, I think, is when one of the, the first times since like the 50s that they put it out there um, to be purchased. And my family was kind enough to, to buy me and several others one. So, I technically now have two shares. Um, so, I get to say that I'm an owner of the football team. Yeah, when Luke says it's his team, like, yeah, oh yeah, my Packers. Yeah, I mean it. It literally is Correct. his Packers. For those Correct. of you who somehow don't know, the Packers are the only team in the NFL that is publicly owned. The only professional sports team, period. Thank you for uh, clarifying. So yeah, kind of a big deal. It's, it's pretty cool that yeah. you're literally the owner of the Packers. I am. And now you can also be the literal owner of the Packers because I believe tomorrow... More shares are going on sale for the first time since last time. Yeah, I think it was like 2011 I saw an yeah, article. I think, I think 2011. I got to give a big shout out to one of our good friends and a uh, big supporter of the show, Mr. J.P. Lucero, who called me out of the blue at like 2.30 this afternoon, giving me the details because I know he's also somebody, big Packer fan, Yep. Yep. isn't a shareholder yet, has, has wanted to be for a while. So I, I was looking online. I think the time where it goes live is like 8 or 9. When we talked on the phone, he was telling me that he read that they're not expecting a whole lot of people to be jumping in on this. You never know. They're going to keep the shares open until like February, which I'm thinking. There's no way they last that There's no right? way. No, I'm planning on, I'm going to look it up tonight, solidify to know when exactly like the trading period opens up. Yeah, yeah. When the trade deadline starts, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> the reverse trade deadline. Right, right. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna set my alarm. I'm gonna have my all my banking information ready to go and I'll be ready to go. I will hopefully join you tomorrow. As that would be great. That would be great. I mean, I don't know if we need to put that in like a little byline or something for our podcast, but we we own the team we're talking about. Is that bias? I, I don't know. Maybe it is. Separation of church and state. I I don't know where we go with that, but that's okay. I'll take it, and I would be. Proud to have you and also hopefully JP um, join the little exclusive club with like millions of others. But I'll take it. I'll take it. Now, you don't really get much with it besides you get to say that you're a shareholder. But that's enough for me, honestly. I know my dad is or was. I guess it's for life, right? I mean, yeah, you don't you unless it. you I, you can technically like give them to family members. But that's it. I've seen or them. Or back. I've seen the plaque in his basement. Yeah. In our basement. So Yeah, I got like seven plaques in the basement currently. <laughs> One from all of my family members. <laughs> so you get you get something, but yeah, it's really just You get to go to a rights. meeting every July. That's right. You get to vote for positions and people that you have no idea who they are. Well, as much as we 
you know, complain about the Packers front office, or I guess more so used to than now. Yeah. I mean, you don't get to vote on if Goot gets a contract extension, but it's more like a board of directors type of scenario. But yeah. If only, you know, you could like stand and make your point. (laughs) Hey, Gutekinds, remember you drafted this guy? Jordan Love guy? Too soon? Too soon? Hey, hey. Yes, too soon. So hopefully tomorrow, hopefully next next week, we, we can talk about that a little bit, how we are both owners. I hope so. I'm a little skeptical. I was telling JP, I was like, dude, I think... I think the like the website's gonna crash. I think so many people are gonna try to buy it once. That's just gonna crash. I mean, maybe especially with our dozens of followers that we just <laughs> we just told about this, it could be we could single handedly make it make it crash at that point. So yeah, we're we're breaking. We have our news breaking pack analysis yeah. as always, and now I hope that you guys too, our loyal listeners, go become owners of the Packers. Honestly, I'm hoping I, I didn't read what they're doing it for, like what the point is, where all this money's going. I'm hoping it's for more seating for the sole purpose of lowering my my spot in the season ticket wait list because there are 18,000 people in front of me currently. Now, I've been on the list for 25 years, like basically my whole life, and there's still 18,000 people in front of me. I wish I knew how many people were in front of you when those tickets were purchased. Any idea? Uh, I could look it up. I got all the, the things, but more than that because the it was pre- renovation to lambo so that that cut it out by a big chunk and then the recent seat adding helped as well get me below twenty thousand. you're working your way up slowly yeah. but surely yeah my kids will love it i'm not sure i'll be alive but. <laughs> yeah i was gonna say that but didn't want to sound that morbid this early in the show that's okay that's okay all right back to seattle we go yeah back to seattle Whew. all right so this game a little bipolar right we can start with the anemic offense, or which one? Which one? Ours or theirs? I mean, I was I was also thinking about ours, okay. right? Okay. I, don't, I don't really care about Seattle, or we can talk about our stellar defense. Let's start with the anemic offense. Let's okay. start there. All right. So we did have a good start, though, right? On that first we drive, we did yeah. have my boy Randy Moss. I'm sorry. I mean, Marquez Valdez Scantling. They're just so similar. I get them so confused. All right, calm down there, bud. They're both six five. They're both really fast. They both, you know, one can catch, one can't. I mean, they're twins. I'm sorry, is this 2018? I'm pretty sure that Marquez has proven that he can catch. All right, all right, we'll see. Do I need to bring up again? We'll see, Devin. Who was one of the only Packer players to show up in the NFC title game? Oh, I'm aware. Yeah. I'm aware. I'm not surprised because he showed up and he played out. Anyways, so big shot to Marquez. That doesn't lead any points. I think we had a holding call, maybe a sack on that drive that pushed us well. Pushed us to fourth down. Yeah. And we were on, I don't know, 35-yard line. We were in what would be field goal range and on trotted the Silver Fox. Silver Fox. Luke, I'm really hoping that the Silver Fox (laughs) is not the reason that we get silver in the NFC this year. (laughs) But as weeks progress, thank you. As weeks progress, that's a, um, a thought that is more and more apparent in my head. Yeah, it's a little disconcerting that he missed another kick. Um, I don't know what the problem was. You know, I'm not going to go back. To, we don't need to rehash the punter and the, the being the holder and the long snapper and all that stuff. Yeah, I don't feel great about our field goal kicking at the moment. So that's, like I said, disconcerting is probably the best way to put it. Um, when he misses, he misses in bunches. But he made his other attempt late in the he day, did. which was nice to see. He did. I just, yeah, I don't know how to feel about this inconsistency. It makes me nervous going forward. Maybe we just go for every fourth down. That'd be fine. Especially after the NFC title issue last year. Well, we did. LaFleur yeah. got a lot of flack for. Yeah. He has been much more aggressive this year. He has been. So maybe, maybe you don't kick any more 50 yard field goals for a while or anything like that. You know, as long as it's not fourth and 12 or, or something like that, then you, you do it anyways because it's still the right call. But, yeah, if it's close, if you're fourth and five and under, maybe just go for it. Go for it for a little bit until you, you see Mason make some kicks um, to kind of build that confidence of not only his confidence, but, you know, the teams in him. It just has to be such a fragile line, right? Because think about it from the reverse side. If you're in those situations where it's yeah. normally like an easy kick, even mm-hmm. if it's fourth and five on the 32 or whatever – and you choose to go for it, 
Right. Sort of like that whole thing with Amari Rogers last week, right? Where after his muff, the special teams coach or LaFleur went to the special team coach and was like, yo, you need to pull him. And the special team coach was like, no, let's get his confidence up. Let's show that we have faith in him. Right. Let's send him back out there. Yeah. We'll have to see if that's going to, if going forward and fourth down as opposed to putting Mason out there to kick could make his confidence even lower. It could, and quite honestly, I don't think that's what we're going to do. I think if Lafleur kept going back to Mason in the Cincinnati game. Like 17 times. Yeah, I think he's just going to keep trotting him out there. I think at this point, the it's going to take a, a while for us to actually get to that let's go for fourth down all the time scenario. Because I think that you just got to work through it, I guess, is at least what we're going to go with. You just got to work through it, and, and hopefully it doesn't cost us. It didn't obviously this week but it did last week so who knows it was a pretty unmemorable entire game offensively especially in the first half only putting up three points um it looked like rogers had missed 10 days of practice maybe there was a little covid fog still but he just did not look himself and thus the offense was not in sync right and his his stats look pretty decent. I mean, outside of the pick, which is kind of boneheaded. That's not a, a Rodgers pick. Like, when he threw the ball as he got hit, I was like, oh, this dude's got to be wide open. It's the only way he'd throw that ball. Nope. Pick. But 23 for 37, 292 yards. If you throw three touchdowns, no picks, you're thinking that's a great game, mm-hmm. right? But there's a lot of empty calories. <laughs> a lot of empty calories there, which is actually the opposite of Aaron, right? How many games this year does it feel like he's been held under 200 yards, but it's like, oh, it was a good game, or under 250. Oh, it was a good game. He made some good throws when we needed him, blah, 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 right? I mean, he threw for almost 300 yards, and we're, we're talking about, like, ah, this is probably one of the worst games of the year for him. Yeah, numbers can be deceiving. They I, can be. I was a little surprised you didn't um, talk about that interception a little bit more, especially because he, he was going towards Josiah, and originally, it looked like he was hoping for like a jump ball situation. And as you have clearly pointed out, Josiah DeGuara is like 6'1", 6'2". He's not that guy. He's not He's not going to be Mr. Big Box Out tight end. No. So I, I was kind of cringing when I saw the interception. Yeah, I think if that's Big Bob, it's probably not a pick, right? I did catch Rodgers after the game, and he was explaining that one. He blamed himself for it, but he said that he was... Originally, he was trying to just throw the ball over their head, like over Josiah's head, and then yeah. it was hit as he thrown, so it flutters. So the interception looks a lot uglier. It was an attempt at a throwaway. That makes a lot more sense. And I feel better about it. I do. So we're gonna, even if that is not the truth, we're going to roll with it. It's going to make me feel better going forward. I'll take it. I mean, he had a couple nice runs also that were called back through a penalty that were drive killers. I think there were... He had a couple at, scampers. At least two, like 10-plus first down runs that were then yep. turned into yep. holding calls. And then those drives um, ended without a first down. He was sacked five times. So like we said, not one of his best games, not one of the offensive best games. No, no. But if we can win games where we don't play well, that's very important going forward. Because if we're going to run into some some challenging situations where everything's not going to go great, right? You should only be able to power through, find ways to win. Obviously, we could talk about it a little bit more in depth, some of the injuries, but right, Aaron Jones goes down, A.J. Dillon steps up, um, and by all accounts, a great game by A.J. Dillon, right? Talk about numbers lying. He only had 66 yards on 21 carries. It just doesn't sound right. Exactly what I was going to bring up. Like, he looked great, right? I mean, you know, looked like a snowplow out there. Especially the goal line touchdown Looked again, great. just running yeah. through people outside of those tutties. That's that's a terrible stat line. We were texting about the. Um, it wasn't even a screen pass. So it was just a you know swing running, pass. Yeah, swing, yeah, swing pass. Running back goes out in the flat. He's one of the last reads of the play. Rodgers dumps it off to him, makes a guy miss with the shiftiness, and then tiptoes fifty yards down the sideline. Does a little spinny ballerina scenario there. I mean, it it was great. I thought for sure he was going to step out. And the nimbleness and agility on that play, I think, was really what stood out. Um, he has great hands, too. I feel like he hasn't dropped a ball yet this year. It was a tough catch, especially for a running back. They're not known for making catches that you know aren't really right in their lap. Right. And this is something that 
critics brought up when we drafted him. This guy, A.J. Dillon, he's just going to be a bruiser. You know, he's not really nimble. And in Boston College, they didn't use him out of the backfield. Pretty so much pe- at all. Yeah, so people assume that he couldn't do it. And, I mean, I think that early on the Packers are like, well, we're going we're gonna to test him. We're going to find out what he can do. And he's – the addition of his – contributions in the past game i think has really taken his game to another level this year i agree and it seems like i said he doesn't drop anything it seems like he has great hands and he's able to make that first guy miss and i think that's important because frequently when the running back gets the ball out of the backfield like that there's going to be one guy essentially that that either makes that a two-yard play or an eight-yard play can you get around that guy in the flat whatever the safety or corner or whatever's kind of coming up to take care of you and i think how big he is in, in like we said, that agility, that's a really interesting combo that, that's pretty hard to find. If you can get him out in the open field, I mean, because we're seeing him on the goal line, and you have defensive linemen or linebackers trying to tackle him, and they're getting pushed back. Yeah. If you get him out in the flat in the open field, and you have little corners or even some safeties, you're going to have people making big business decisions mm-hmm. because you see that train – Chugging down the tracks at you, good luck. That's kind of what it looked like on that long 50-yarder too, right? Like some people kind of just flailed at him. Like it, it felt like they didn't really want to go in there and deliver a blow. And that's just what you get from being such a big, strong guy. And it is, he continues to build that kind of reputation. It's just going to get worse. I mean, better for us. Worse for the defenders, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So especially with Aaron Jones out, I'm really interested to see what he does in the next week or two. So a little injury update. I believe it was ESPN reported that it sounds like Aaron Jones escaped with just a sprained MCL. So he'll be out for hopefully one to two weeks. Good news. There was reports that on the sideline after he went down and he was in tears. He went to his family like he was sobbing. So I know I was thinking originally he was done for the season. So as you said earlier, Dylan stepped up, was, was then the bell cow, which right. a lot of us kind of expected that he was going to be this season. Right. I think a lot of us felt... Before we re-signed Aaron Jones, that Jones was probably going to walk, and then it was going to be the A.J. Dillon show. With Jamal as a backup, yeah. Jamal as a backup. I'm happy we kept Jones, but I was not nervous about Dillon having to be the bell cow for the rest of that game. And, no. and I'm not for the next couple of weeks either. No, I'm excited to see what it looks like. Obviously, we got a taste of it last year uh, with the Titans game. And he looked incredible, right? And if we're being honest, it almost feels like he's been the better back the last couple of weeks. I think at least purely running the ball. I completely agree with you. Right. He's looked better running the ball. And I love Aaron Jones, UTEP and I always will. Mm -hmm. And his explosion is, is second to none, at least on our team. Uh, His ability to make plays phenomenal, but AJ Dillon's look better running the football. I mean, he's getting better yards. He's getting harder yards. Maybe some of that changes when we get the full O line back. Maybe the holes are a little bit bigger. A little bit easier for Aaron Jones to get through. But if you're getting hit closer to the line of scrimmage, A.J. Dillon's the one you want back there. Definitely. And I was interested to see what what, and who was going to come in um, to spell A.J. Dillon. Because you, you can't have your running back just playing every down. Every single down. That's how you get somebody more hurt. So it was Mr. Patrick Taylor, who was a guy that I believe beat out Dexter Williams. Who Thank we, goodness. Yeah, we were both not fans of. Um, Dexter Williams was a longtime Packer. He'd been on the team for, I feel like, three or four years. Yeah, always just kind of on the fringe. I think he was a straight-up running back three for a full year. It just didn't do anything, He was ever. T- two yards at best yep. and not good in pass protection, so just yep. pretty worthless. And I believe almost a direct quote from while I was watching the game in Texas was, Patrick Taylor doesn't look terrible. Yeah, we're not expecting you to be great, but just don't be worthless. Don't be a waste of a carry. And, Correct. And he looked he looked good. I, I mean, I didn't love him either in preseason. I no. thought he looked a little slow, like a little bigger frame than slow, and but not particularly powerful. Either. Exactly. Yeah. And he looked to have trimmed down a little bit. So if he gets you know five carries this week against Minnesota, yeah. I think he'll be fine. Just don't fumble. Don't be Dexter Williams two yards worthless. That's all you can ask for. Absolutely. And I think something that we need to look forward to now would be the perfect time to, to throw out some interesting new wrinkles, right? 
Are you saying like maybe do something with Cobb or Mr. Mario Rogers? Oh, I think maybe not Cobb. I I think the the Cobb in the backfield experiment went horribly under Mike McCarthy every time. <laughs> well, yeah, but you're the one who always wants to get creative with him in the backfield. Oh, absolutely, so I thought absolutely. that was gonna be right up your alley. It 100 percent is, and you were half right. But I think Cobby may be a little old for that game. Maybe. But Amari Rogers, absolutely. I think maybe we do a little something. Maybe we bring back more jet sweeps. You know, we give him the ball a couple times like that. Motion him into the backfield. Run a screen with him. Something like that. Leak him out. Whatever. I think it's a good opportunity to get some some more of that involved. Because it still feels like we haven't seen a lot of that, right? Like, we haven't really used Cobb creatively. And we haven't really used Amari Rogers at all. Except for... Being a little disappointed in the special teams. Yeah, Correct. we haven't seen him for anything. He was all right this game. Um, yes. He didn't do anything bad, so we're going to take that. <laughs> but, yeah, that that's my hope. I hope that we see maybe a little something a little interesting that we haven't seen so far this year with him. We just a little bit more Swerve and Irvin action just with Amari Rogers. Second week in a row. Tyler Irvin, if you're out there, <laughs> We're going to petition for you to come back. Come home. RB3 is open. For at least a week. This would be a perfect... I mean, you were asking, you were saying, like, hey, we should sign somebody for a couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, I feel like at least pull somebody out from the practice squad, send somebody off the street. I mean, Adrian Peterson literally was doing absolutely nothing and ended up being running back one for the Titans in a week. So there's got to be somebody out there that's at least worth a spot on the bench. I'm not going to Google it right now, but I'm pretty sure Tyler Irvin is a free agent. I mean, he's got to be right. Bring him back. Bring Bring him him back. back. (laughs) But although if AP can come back, are there any other any other people we can bring back from the grave? What's Ladanian Tomlinson doing? If we're just gonna take all time greats that are way over the hill. See, I was going to like Packerbacks. We were gonna talk about Amon Green for the third time. Wouldn't be against it. <laughs> What's Ryan Grant up? What to? about Varan Morenci? Okay, I was gonna pick good ones. <laughs> hey. <laughs> He was good for a game, I think. Wasn't he? No, he wasn't the doctor. Who was Sam Congato? Yeah, no, no. I would 100% take him back. For, he was the doctor. For, in a second. Yeah, I mean, yeah. His, his cuts were surgical. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he played in that year where we were on, like, running back 12. Yeah, I think Amon Green got hurt. And it, things, Literally, things he was, like, late. running back number eight or something that year. But yeah, there's got to be somebody. Ryan Grant. Najee Davenport. Oh, Najee Davenport. Tony Fisher. Backfields of the past. And most of our <laughs> listeners are like, what in the hell are they talking about? Can we come back to the present day Packers? For once, it's me that's going to be reeling us in, folks. Let's 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 bring it back in, no problem. You're welcome. All right. So, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a 3-0 game at halftime that we talked about. Yeah. Which we discussed the lackluster offense. Mm-hmm. But if you noticed, the defense didn't give any points by halftime. Oh, I was or gonna, the rest of the game. I was going to say, three is more than zero, though. So we were doing better than them. So math works. Math lessons brought to you by <laughs> Luke. So you guys, it's south of the Cheddar Curtain. We bring you so many life skills. You're welcome. This isn't just a football podcast. You're welcome. All right. Defense. Defense. What's the first thing that pops in your mind about defense in this game, Luke? Adrian Amos, man. I know that's not where you're going. I know where you're going. But I'll, I'm going to talk about Adrian Amos for a second. Right? No, because thump, thump the table for him. He deserves it. Last week, right, I mentioned that Savage is running around like a madman, just flying around, heat singing missile. And Amos is back there doing whatever Amos does. Nobody's calling his name, and that's fine, right? No news is good news sometimes from a safety. Mm-hmm. The exact opposite of that this week. He should have had three interceptions. I was just going to say that. Should have had three picks. All of them would have been in the end zone. Like, I don't. So interesting. And at least one of them, the reason why he didn't get the pick is because him and Savage collided. Savage. Because yep, they Savage were ran both into in the perfect position to make the play. Yeah, that would have been picked by either one. That's fine. I'm okay yeah. with that. Like, that's a, that's, that's a good pass breakup on your own teammate. I'm fine with that. My favorite one was the actual interception. Um, and well, not because it was the actual interception. <laughs> it's a little obvious there, buddy. <laughs> no, but I just thought it was hilarious that it looked like he didn't jump at all. He just kind of, like, reached over. Just kind of, like, put his hands up. And caught the pick on top of the guy. So I loved that. But Adrian Amos just somehow covering the entire back end of the defense. All of it. Especially, I think a lot of those were against Tyler Lockett, who's an absolute burner. Yeah. 
not saying Amos is slow, but he's not that fast. He's not that fast. No. So I thought that was super interesting. And also just shows you a little bit of what we're doing on defense. The fact that for most of those, it was Amos back there. And Savage was the next closest person, right? Yeah, nope. so they're leaving him high and deep. Not by himself, but just one or two. Just them. And no cornerbacks in sight. Nobody. It's not like Stokes was running back there with him or, or whatever, or Sewell Douglas or Sully. I mean, so they're just leaving the safeties back there. And it's working. It's like some weird form of cover, too, but they play man underneath. I guess if they go far enough, you let them go. I don't know. I don't know either, but it's working. And the fact that all of that happened in the end zone. A, yeah, Russell Wilson didn't look great, right? We're going to give some props to our defense for that. And some of those throws, I don't I don't necessarily know what he was doing, but Amos was always in position. Mm-hmm. Always in position. Should have had three picks. I mean, what a game. What a game for that guy. Defensive MVP. Yeah, I completely agree. He's, he's someone, like you said, who's a little unheralded, right? Yeah. This guy, he's always just in the right position. If you look back to his days in Chicago, where it was him and Eddie Jackson, that was... Those were the best years of Eddie Jackson's career. Yeah, he's fallen off since then. Hard. Because you had a consistent safety in Adrian Amos who could cover the back. Yeah. And then Eddie Jackson could come up and, and jump on routes. Mm-hmm. He could kind of spy a little bit, be out of position, because he knew that he had the great eraser that Adrian Amos is. Which is wild to think about. Also, can we go back in time for a second and remember the unofficial haha for Amos trade? Man, we won that. I'm so glad HaHa's gone. One good game as a Packer. I think he's on the Raiders practice squad currently, is what I heard. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Meanwhile, Amos just balling out. Don't don't miss HaHa at all. Not at all. I mean, like, the name was cool when we drafted him. I remember laughing about that. His rookie year was pretty good. I remember he balled out in the Seattle PTSD game. Yeah. Shivers. But that's it. Yeah, pretty much. So back to Amos. Amos... Absolutely phenomenal game. Proud of him. Really excited about the secondary as a whole, which I know you're about to get into a little bit a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, just great. Savage made some plays, too. Um, managed to piss DK Metcalf off, so that's always a positive. That was hilarious. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. Yeah. So, shout out to Henry Black. Shout out to Henry Black, <laughs> who I think got punched in the face. Or, so DK Metcalf got so frustrated with our defensive backs. For those of you who don't know, DK Metcalf is a like six three, six four, just absolute behemoth of a man who plays for the Seahawks. Yeah, I mean he looks like a defensive end, playing yeah. wide receiver. He is he's the fastest guy in the field. Huge, just a physical specimen. Yeah, and you know between Razul Douglas and Kevin King and just our middle of the road cornerbacks. I mean Jair's not out there. We know that. Right. They were able to frustrate him so much that towards the end of the game he. In a string of 10 seconds, he hit one of our players in the face mask, grabbed a couple of them. Like, mm-hmm. And then the the funniest part of the whole thing is, so they throw him out of the game. He goes to the sideline. And then a player or two, he either like faked like he didn't hear that he was called out or yep. just tried to fool him. Tried to come back in the huddle like, bro, you're just like 6'5". <laughs> you're not going to hide. You're not going to hide. You no, know? I loved that. I loved the fact that he tried to come back in. That was amazing. But, uh, and then got kicked out. <laughs> even even post game, the floor was like, "Yeah, shout out to Henry Black." Who was he? My guy on defense. I think he was. He hasn't done much this year, which is okay. Yeah, I'm fine with that. We haven't blamed him for anything. Exactly. Like you said, sometimes no news is good news. Correct. But yeah, I mean, shout out to him for for keeping his cool. It was good. I thought that was that was a great moment there at the end. Um, so, question for you. Because I know you're about to talk some cornerbacks. We are going to talk some cornerbacks. Um, let's talk snap counts for a second, right? What cornerback played the most snaps on Sunday? Ooh, all right. You got some choices. Yes, we do have our choices. So it could be Eric Stokes, the rookie, who's mm-hmm. our best corner. Mm-hmm. It could be Shannon Sullivan in the slot. It could be Kevin the King. It could be... Rasul, obviously. Rasul Douglas. It's probably not going to be Shamar Jean Charles, thankfully. <laughs> I did see him on the sidelines, though. I, I did. did see him on the sidelines. He's just a little guy. He's, he's a good teammate. He always cheers. All right. I'm going to go Shannon Sullivan. You're correct. You're correct. Yeah, he played 61 snaps. One more. 
than uh, Stokes. So I just thought that was interesting. I mean, he is the slot guy. We've, He's the we've, only one we got besides Gene Charles. We've kind of flirted with putting King in the slot. I, I think that in the few weeks the King was out, saw they really stepped up his game in the slot. Yeah. So I'm okay with, with Sully being solely in the slot, and then we kind of lately do a rotation with King and Douglas, and now that Stokes is back, him as well. Yeah, no, I'd like that. Keep him fresh and everything. I found that interesting. That's not what you would necessarily assume, right? You think it'd be it'd probably be Stokes. I think if Stokes doesn't tweak his knee last week, then it definitely is. It probably is. Yeah, but that rotation, I'm also fine with. If all three are going to play great, I want them all on the field. So speaking of Stokes, if you all remember, there was a another snowy game happened around 11 months ago, where there was a speedy receiver who ran right past the coverage in a key moment before halftime. In a certain NFC title game, Mr. Scotty Miller ran right by Kevin King. Barrington's own. Barrington. <sighs> I know that one hurts. I can't even go with you on that one. <laughs> that one hurts. Are you allowed to say that for players on other teams? I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But I love him. He's a short, speedy dude. So, I mean, he has a soft spot in my heart outside of that play. So, when Tyler Lockett, the re- reason I'm bringing this up, folks, is it's when Tyler Lockett goes deep in the first half on a post. Not a post. I'm sorry. It was just a go. Just like mm-hmm. the Scotty Miller route mm-hmm. in the snow. It just kind of gave me shades back to Scotty Miller in the NFC title game, which was a, a major play in that game. Felt like it kind of turned the game. Yeah, pretty much. Eric Stokes is with Tyler Lockett, one of the fastest guys in the league, stride for stride. Oh, step for step right there with him. Right there with him. So I agree. And that's the kind of thing we've been talking about all year with Stokes, right? Even the plays he's given up, he's been right there. Yeah, he, he doesn't just get burned and then gets eaten alive and it's off screen. Kevin King. Oh, uh, no, 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 <laughs> no. I was just going to say, here comes a Kevin King joke, but we're going to stop it right now. We can do that. It's we time for that. a mini rant. Mini rant time. Oh, God. Here now, Kevin go. King has done a lot of bad things in his career. The last two weeks, though. Last two weeks, though. So what followers of the show don't know. Was it last year or two years ago? We went to a game. Uh, and, that was two the, years ago. It was two years ago. Yeah. Okay. We, when we played the Washington Dwayne Haskins. We did. Also the day of Big Bob's first career touchdown. Which we were there for. We which were. was wonderful. So. You hated it at the time. Just because of your whole McHenry's own <laughs> crap was annoying then and some things never change. Anyways. So our good friend JP. Like I said, big supporter of the show. Me and him. And it really came out in that drive to Lambeau. We, we it had a, did. A yeah. big rivalry. Yeah. He was saying the Jair was better than Kevin King. And, and I think that was the year that Kevin King led the team in interceptions. Could be. Yeah. So I was all aboard the Kevin King train. All aboard. I was the only person <laughs> on the Kevin King train. You were. No, people, we really thought he was a stud back then. Or, or could be. Could be. Yeah. Had the makings of, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then, you know play dips a little bit the past two years he's kind of the scapegoat for the nfc title game as you just mentioned at least a few plays were definitely not his best but he's been playing his ass off yeah he's been playing the past couple weeks really well last week with the i don't even want to call it a drop pick because that would have been a really really hard catch to make but was in position right could have made that catch but he was in position and then this week with the pick in the end zone which I think he was covering DK Metcalf, was he yeah. not? Yeah. Who is an absolute physical freak. Like Correct. that's on paper that is a perfect matchup for Kevin King. But yep. most Packer fans would cringe at the thought of Kevin King covering DK Metcalf. I mean, I still kind of do, um, but that's okay. Scars take time to heal. They do. Scars take time to heal. And I but understand that. He's playing great. So I love that. I love, I, and it just strengthens our secondary, right? At this point in time, it feels like we have one of the stronger secondaries in the league. When we add potentially the best cornerback in the league to that group, whenever Jair comes back. And if we add one of the best pass rushers in the league to help the front. I mean, man. Look at our chops. This defense. We have a defense, guys. We have one. For the first time in 11 years. Where is the hole? You know, the first thing that popped in my head, right, was... Inside backer, because that's been the answer forever, but it's clearly not Devondre Campbell's great. That's exactly why I asked it, because you have Devondre Secondary Campbell, great. Chris Barnes is a thumper right next to him. Yeah, secondary is great. I think it would be uh, pass rush, outside backer. It's going to be D-line, 
outside backer, but that has more to do with injuries than anything else. Um, especially with Whitney Merciless going down. Sounds like for the season, right? Yeah, so Whitney Merciless uh, tore his biceps. So out of the three Packer injuries last night, he was the only one who was going to be gone long term. Right. Uh, the other one was Rashawn Gary, who that was definitely a scary moment. Mm-hmm. Sure, we weren't the only Packer fans holding our breath for that one. Sounds like he hyperextended his elbow, and reports are he shouldn't miss time. They're just going to brace it up and get after it, which is good because without Merciless, I mean, Merciless was the guy brought in because our backer depth was getting so thin. So it'll be interesting to see. I know that we let go of Ladarius Hamilton, who was a guy that we signed off the street to be the the fourth outside linebacker. Mm -hmm. We let him go, I think, last week so we could activate Bakhtiari. So maybe we bring him back, maybe we bring in somebody else. Something to watch. We're going to have to do something. They've been doing kind of like a two-and-two switch. So on early downs, they would have Garvin and Merciless. Mm -hmm. And then in passing situations, they would have Preston Smith and uh, Mr. Rashawn Gary. That's good again to have Preston Smith out there to play some cornerback. (laughs) I'm so glad we don't do that this year. That was just a last year thing. Well, it was even worse when we had the Darius Hamilton out there playing (laughs) cornerback. Talk about PTSD. Yeah, I don't want to see that again. That was rough. But, I mean, that's got to be the hole, right? And it's not even our fault. I think it's actually one of the strengths of the team if everyone's there. Because then you're dealing with Gary or Preston being your number two and three outside backers. You're you're loving that. And if Merciless was there too, whoo. But injuries have kind of ravaged that position. And if we're talking about pass rush, though, we can't forget. God, I can't believe I'm saying this. Here we go. No, Dean Lowry this week. <laughs> Rockford Zone. Thank you. I was I, I forgot which own he was from, but I was going to try. You're going to remember one of these times. Rockford Zone, Dean Lowry. Yeah. Just bull rushed one of their guards, and they somehow called a holding penalty on it as they both fell to the ground. Not really sure how that happened, but... Don't know. Good job, Dean Lowry. Yep, 100%. Right? You, obviously, you know, the big stat for defense lineman is sacks, mm-hmm. right? I think something they need to really give more credit for is holds against. I agree because they're, I mean, if anything, they can be more disruptive. Or at least equally as. Equally, yeah. yeah. Depending on the situation and, and how deep the sack is and all that kind of thing. Because a one-yard sack is still a sack, but a holding call is 10 yards. So that's, that's a big difference. It's a drive killer. It certainly can be knocked out of field goal range, what have you. But yeah, he's making disruptive important plays this year and we've talked about him a ton and i'm just gonna keep keep talking about rockford zone as long as he keeps making plays like we said early in the podcast way back when we first started Mm -hmm. it was me it was i who said it lancaster lowry these guys were literally just bodies and just wanted productivity i wanted something and like we've been saying man they're each giving us a play a game that's all that we need Mm -hmm. and i couldn't be happier for their growth and what it does for our team 100% 100% makes us stronger. Um, it just makes that defense good. I mean, it's so nice to watch a good defense on the field. It's that weird. Can, that can kind of carry the load for the offense if we're out of sync, which we are, and we will be probably for another couple of weeks until everybody's back, right? Um, but that's okay because we have that great D to lean on for a little bit, which is just, you're right. It sounds weird. It's like, weird for us feels leaning like on a defense. It feels like I'm not talking about the Packers. I'm talking about the wrong team leaning on a defense and a running game right that's that's not us that's the big difference between us and 2010 like i think a lot of people want to compare this team to the 2010 team and maybe that's hopeful aspirations with with all the injuries and everything similar with the last dance talk but the big difference is if you guys remember 2010 i think it was was it week one against the eagles that ryan grant's lost for the season yeah and it was pretty dexter williams-esque brandon jackson three yards a carry and John Kuhn, which folk hero granted, but 100%. He was awful running the ball, except for go on situations. But like, yeah, second and five out of the shotgun, no thanks. Things really didn't start picking up till James Starks. Not to the playoffs. Yeah. All so, right. run game and defense. Last time we had that, we won a Super Bowl. Let's do it again. Well, last time we won the Super Bowl, we didn't. Uh, okay. Because yeah, for the playoff okay, run, we had a run game and a defense. You're right. You're right. And everyone says, you know, that old adage about cold weather, running game, defense. We're looking to be in a good position. Right. I mean, as weird as it sounds at this point, given the way this team is built, it's kind of like 
Aaron Rodgers just has to be Ryan Tannehill. You know what I mean? Like, obviously we need him more than that in, in some games. We definitely needed him more, and he stepped up. But he's almost just got to be like a game manager, which sounds weird and feels weird. But really, that's all he has to do. Because if our run game's going and our defense is shutting people out, Aaron just has to make good decisions. And there's no one in the literally in the history of the league that's a better decision maker than Aaron Rodgers. So I feel pretty good about that. You're not the only one who does. All right. So next week, we also play another hated team of ours. Oh, good boy. We play the four and five Minnesota Vikings. Coming off a big win. Coming off a big win over, they went to LA and they beat the Chargers 27 to 20. Kirk Cousins threw for a couple touchdowns. Dalvin Cook had a nice game, 24 carries, 94 yards. Justin Jefferson does what he does, goes off, nine catches, 143 yards. Thielen, five for 65. I mean, with this team, we know what to expect. You know, we know this team. Last year when they beat us, we just could not stop Dalvin Cook. And our run game, our run defense has been much improved this year. So much better. Especially with Rockford's own and Naperville's own and whoever's own. Waiting for a little bit more profits town zone. Just the whole D line one one play. It should be my guys. <laughs> well, I hope not because I hope that Slayton and Kenny Clark stay healthy and happy. But I maybe it's be a, in a blowout or something. I'll take it. But yeah, I mean, I'm feeling pretty confident against this Vikings team. I think it's going to be really interesting because their strengths offensively are also our strengths defensively. I think if we have one weak link defensively. It's probably rushing the passer. We get a lot of pressures. We don't get a lot of sacks, right? Like our entire defense is kind of like Rashawn Carey. Makes great plays. Puts a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Doesn't actually get that many sacks, right? And I don't think that's a bad thing. He's a very impactful player. We have a good defense. We just don't get quite as much true pressure hits on the quarterback. Uh, We make him feel uncomfortable a lot. And we would have had a lot of sacks if the quarterback we were playing was anybody but Russell Wilson. But going forward, I want to see a little bit more out of that. And Kirk Cousins is a great place to start. Their run game, Dalvin Cook, gives us nightmares every time we play him, right? It feels like our run defense is pretty stout. They have two really solid to great wide receivers. Our secondary is playing phenomenal. Right, so I'm very interested to see how our defense kind of matches up against this offense. I wouldn't be surprised if they do a lot of the coverage that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, right, where you have Douglas or King, or I guess Douglas and King would be the ones that would carry them deep, and then you let Amos or Savage pick them up later. I mean, I know that I would for sure say that Savage can keep up with Jefferson. And I would normally say that I don't know if Amos can, but I think he proved that this week. Apparently, somehow, he's just going to be standing in the end zone waiting for the football. I don't know how he gets there, but he does. (laughs) He's magnetized or something. (laughs) Just teleports his way over there. Hey, I'll take it. I don't care what it is. I'll take it. But I'm looking forward to that matchup. And then Mike Zimmer, in general, seems to have, I don't want to say has Aaron's number, but he always puts together a good game plan against Aaron Rodgers always yeah this will not I hate to say it I do not think this will be the get right game for the offense Uh, yeah I I agree a lot of AJ Dillon a lot of AJ Dillon I think this is going to be a do enough game for the offense you know maybe 24-14 or 24-17 something like that I think where we find ways to put points on the board but we're not putting up 35 or 40. I don't see it. We just got to get through these next couple games. So we're getting healthy again, right? Yeah. Every day is another day closer to David Bakhtiari being back. A huge help. Going to strengthen two positions on the offensive line whenever he comes back. And now it's going to be, you know, closer to getting Aaron Jones back and getting guys on defense back. Let's just not drop an egg to this Vikings game. Could be a little bit of a trap game, but I think that there's enough memories of Dalvin Cook from last year. Yeah, there's enough history that I don't I don't think it's going to be a trap game. But it's a divisional game. Weird things happen. The Lions got close to beating us there for a little bit. Like just <laughs> Well, that was also after the Saints. Like let's we were I, it was it was a terrible six quarters that we will never talk of again. But 
you, you just don't know, right? Divisional games are hard. They're always hard, unless you're the Patriots, and then they've been easy for like two decades. But the rest of the league, it's hard to win divisional games. Um, so I'm looking forward to this. I think this will be a good game. I'm just hoping we can get a little bit of that get right. I, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I hope we can get a little bit, at least a little bit closer. Or A.J. Dillon just runs through everybody. I'm good with that. I would definitely not mind seeing A.J. Dillon just truck stick everybody. But I liked what you said earlier about the opportunity to sort of be more creative with the offense, right? Yeah. Finally get Amari Rodgers involved. If we can put more wrinkles on film, Mm -hmm. even if they're not super successful, jet sweeps or versus jet motion, whatever, it still gives other teams something to look for. Yeah, it gives them more to think about. There's more they have to scout. There's more. It's less reps right that they're going to be preparing for something else that's the way it works there's only so many so many practice reps in a week if you can steal some of those for something that's relatively minor but may give them big problems that's a win gotta see the silver lining in this whole aaron jones injury right absolutely absolutely it's i'm gonna put it similar but not quite the same as when Devonte has gone out historically we've gotten more creative right because we, yes we've kind of had to um i'm looking forward to that even even if it's just more Mari Rogers, I'll be fine with that. Yeah, he was what third round draft pick this year, third or second? Uh, third, I believe. Yeah, I want to be getting more returns on that high pick. I agree. I agree with you. All right, so we did this earlier in the show, and we really have in the past couple of weeks. I think it's important for us to just kind of touch base on what some of the other teams in the NFC are doing. Yeah, especially as we kind of get inch our way closer to the playoffs, right? Some things happening now will have direct impacts on seeding and all that kind of thing. Um, it was an interesting week for the NFC. It definitely was. Yeah. So we got to give a shout out to my cousin, Trevor. Taylor. Taylor. We literally just played him, Devin. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So so my cousin, who's not really my cousin, Taylor Heineke. That's Taylor his name. Heineke, yeah. Yeah. Well, the Heineke, you know, it's close to Hein, so that's why it's, the whole cousin yeah, thing. Just the icky. Yeah. Just get rid of the icky. It's pretty icky. Okay, let's keep it moving. <laughs> so, so, Mr. Heineke and his uh, Washington football team, they hosted the Buccaneers. Boy, did they ever. And Yes, they did. So, they were able to pull out a win, 29-19 and over the Brady Bunch, which just helps us for playoff seating, right? 100%. 100%, especially because Tampa Bay last week really benefited from the bye because all of the other top seeds in the NFC lost, right? So, they kind of got to pick up a little ground while not doing anything. Well, now it was their turn. Always happy to watch him lose. Always. Always. I mean, watching a Tom Brady-led team lose is always good, but especially when it helps us, oh, even better. Perfect. Another NFC top contender, the Cardinals, which we did beat last week mm-hmm. or two weeks ago. Pardon me. They hosted the uh, the Panthers, who were juiced by the return of Cam Newton. Yeah. And even though Cam, I don't think he started the game. I think P.J. Walker was still starting for yeah, the Panthers. Yeah, P.J. Walker still played the vast majority of snaps. 34-10, Panthers of the cards. Yeah. So even No though, Kyler Murray, but yeah. No Kyler Murray, which is definitely where I contributes to them only putting up 10 points. But that's another contender that is now, you know, another step further below us. Right, right, because we hold the tiebreaker on that one. Really the only, the only main one, if I'm not mistaken, that looked good were the Cowboys. And and whatever that was, good lord. 43-3 whooping over the Falcons. Yeah, Yeah, it seemed like the game wasn't out of reach. And then I walked away and came back a couple minutes later, and it was like 34-3 at halftime or something. I'm like, what just happened? Man, it was like 14-3. I stepped away for like five minutes. Boom. Now I have C.D. Lamb and a couple fantasy teams, so I was fine with that part of it. But they looked good. They looked good. If there's one team... That I would pick to have the seed over us. It would be the Cowboys. You're thinking them? Finally. Yeah, I feel like this every year. Oh, it's the Cowboys. It's got, but they look pretty good. I'm not saying I believe in them. But I'm saying if there's one team that I want to go to, like for the NFC title game, let's just say, it's the Cowboys. You want to know why that is? Oh, yeah. I want to go into Mike McCarthy's house. Oh, that would be great. And just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> Plus, either, we have pretty good luck at Jerry World. I either mean that with the Packers or with me. I'm just kidding. No battery. Kidding. Kidding. But I would like that. I that think, would be fun. I think that would feel better for me even more than like beating the Bucks. 
See, I don't know if I agree with that. You know, I would like some revenge on last year. We could double dip. We could have both. I mean, we could. That'd be fine. If we could beat the somehow beat the Cardinals, the Bucks, and them, I mean, it's not going to happen because hopefully we're the one seed. We don't play that many FC, <laughs> NFC teams. Uh, but if that could happen, that'd be great because there's something I don't like about all of them. I don't actually dislike the current Cardinals team. I just hate every other time we've played the Cardinals in the past. Yeah, when we go to the desert, things in the playoffs, things uh, do not go well. No, and they get really weird. Yeah, they're really emotional games. Yeah. Honestly, when we go west in the playoffs in general, those games are really hard. Yes, yeah, so let's just strings. not do that. All right. Rams, looking at you. Yeah, I got to say, with the Rams getting Odell, I was getting real nervous. So, thankfully for us, not thank, not thankfully for Robert Woods, but he uh, tore his ACL, right? So, he's yeah. out for the season. Yeah. How fortuitous team... was that, by the way? <laughs> that he tears it like 12 hours after Odell signs. Jeez. Yeah, that could have been a completely different team if they had signed Odell. Yeah, because then Van Jefferson's your number two. Great player, but... It's a Oof. bit of a drop-off, yeah. yeah. And then you can just double-cover Cooper Cup and load the box. I and... mean, can you? Can you double-cover Cooper Cup? I assume people have tried that this year. I think it's easier if you don't have... Robert Woods out Robert there. Robert Woods, thank you. It'll be interesting. I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to them playing tonight. Can I get a get a glimpse of all that? Who are they playing? That's a good question. That's a good question. But oh, they're playing the Niners. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So go Niners. Let's go George. Absolutely. I uh, the fighting I, kittles. I gave you tips help you help you get through college, and you brought me booze. So uh, let's Look, go. Let's go George Kittle. I need you. Come on. Let's go Debo. Let's go Eli Mitchell. I'm just naming people on my fantasy teams. <laughs> oh, let's go all those guys. <laughs> God, that feels a little awkward that we're rooting for the 49ers after. Yeah, but they're not a threat. Not anymore. No. I guess if I'm going to hate every team that's beat us in the playoffs <laughs> in the past 10 years, I'm going to hate a lot of teams. Those Giants. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> they won't be a problem anytime soon. No, they won't. Mm-mm. No, this number 10 is... It will not be beating us in the playoffs no. anytime soon. No. All right, my friend. Anything else you want to add for the good of the show? Uh, no, I think that's it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to next week. Uh, yeah, I, that's pretty much all I got. It, it was a good week, good game. Uh, nothing spectacular happened, but almost at this point in the season, I'll take that. If we can just keep churning out wins, I don't particularly care what they look like, you know, barring injury, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because now that we, we've established that we're a, a very, very good team, right we've kind of gotten through some of those early bumps it's all looking forward it's all thinking about seeding playoffs let's get everybody healthy so i'm just looking for ways that we can kind of improve as we get closer to when we really need to peak we don't need to peak now we need to peak then so we haven't yet i'm hoping we take steps in that direction well said my friend thank you all righty guys as always we really appreciate you uh taking the time to tune in to our podcast Mm mm-hmm And we'll see you next week on South of the Cheddar Curtain. Go Pack Go.